Hey guys, thanks for joining us over here at Clock Management. It's August 6, 2019. I'm your host, Justin, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Perry. What's cooking, good looking? Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Management Clock. You could catch our podcasts on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Uh, we're giving away a second Le'Veon Bell jersey autographed when we get to 300 Twitter followers. So make sure you go follow us on Twitter, share that with your friends, and uh, someone's going to win a jersey. All right, guys, let's get into some football news. So first, we're going to get into some news that nobody cares about. My favorite. Everyone's my favorite. favorite. Yeah, it's why I come. Yeah, why I right? show up. All right, so Odell Beckham Jr., breaking news here. He gets out of his car in traffic and signs a OBJR13 license plate in New York. That's devotion right there. Right. That's, yeah. that's a good football player there. Could you imagine the traffic, though? Yeah, people are probably pissed. The light turn, he's yeah. backing up traffic. All right, next set of news. Uh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury called bro coach, and he hates it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep, yep. I, that, I truly don't care about that news. I know, right? But it's news. And... Baker Mayfield bites and shotguns a beer during an MLB game. That was actually pretty cool. I saw that clip. I'm impressed that he was able to bite through that can, like, effortlessly, by the way. Yeah, I'm hoping that you reenact that during our Friday episode. Um, I will not reenact that. I won't. (laughs) Uh, And that's all I got for the news no one cares about. So let's get into some real news, Barry. Yeah, I've got lots of real news to talk about. First piece of news uh, just broke um, just before we started here, uh, before I was doing my notes, so I don't have it written down as a note, but Antonio Brown has obviously been dealing with this foot injury that's been uh, unknown, is what it's been called. Turns out the foot injury is due to frostbite uh, from not wearing proper footing, footwear, I guess, in a cryotherapy machine. Wow. I feel like that I've I, never heard of a player missing time due to frostbite. Did you see the picture of his foot? No, I didn't. It was gross. <laughs> I imagine so. Frostbite's gross, man. <laughs> um, let's see. Other thing I want to talk about. Ezekiel Elliott obviously has not signed a contract today. Today's the sixth, Justin. I know. So uh, about two days ago, I read a report that the... Uh, Dallas front office confirmed that the August 6th deadline is not for this year. It only applies to next year. It is reported that a contract was offered to Zeke, Dak, and Amari, but obviously Zeke hasn't signed it yet. I really hope he does. I don't know if he's going to, though. Uh, And me sitting at the third pick in our draft, that's a really rough spot not knowing where Zeke is going. so Oh, man. And uh, back to last week's news, uh, Le'Veon Bell ap- apologizing to fantasy owners, but he just showed it, like was telling Zeke he supports him in his holdouts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These guys do not care about fantasy. Jerks. 
jerks. Imagine, dude. Imagine <laughs> not caring. Right. For all that money we paid it. Wait, never mind. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, some more news here. Deontay Foreman was dropped by the Texans. I'm not sure if we mentioned this on Friday, mentioning it now. But then he was picked up by the Colts. How do you feel about that? It's a good spot for him? I, I mean, I think it's good for him. Uh, it doesn't help Mac. See, I still think Mac is pretty safe. Uh, but if anything I, were to happen to Mac, Foreman becomes really good. Yeah, I, I think that. So I think that Mac is still going to be a good running back, but he's definitely going to lose a few carries a game to Foreman. Yeah, I don't think it'll be very many, but I hope it won't be very many because I like Mac this year a lot. Uh, Jerick McKinnon was activated off the pup list. He's still slow to come back, but they expect him to be ready for, for week one. I think all this kind of does is muddy the waters in the backfield at San Francisco. <laughs> I don't know if they could get any muddier. That's true. I still like Tevin Coleman the most, but they're all becoming closer and closer together right now. So, <clears throat> uh, Piece of good news, Sony Michelle is looking very comfortable in the passing game in New England. I liked Sony Michelle early this offseason. I took him in a couple mock drafts. I like him even more now. Keep in mind that the third down work is never going to be his while James White and Rex Burkhead are there. But I do think that this is good for Sony Michelle. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, for sure. Chris Carson uh, seems to have a firm grasp on the starting job in Seattle, it's reported. Uh, I feel like that's the truth this week. Two weeks from now, it can be completely different. It seems like a really fluid situation there, and I think we should remain fluid on it as well. So don't reach for either of the running backs. No. I mean, they both should be fantasy relevant. So I would which, like you said. Which one are you taking? Uh, I mean, so I'm, I'm going to be talking about Carson versus uh, Montgomery later. So I'll, I'll get more into that then. Okay. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton in Denver, wide receivers in Denver had a fight. Uh, apparently Sanders was pushing Sutton to be on the same page as the team. Step it up. I think it's a good thing overall, right? Sanders is a, a veteran with a lot of great experience. Uh, I like seeing something like this, pushing the younger guys to get better. I don't yeah. imagine it's going to go any further than this. Could almost put that in news nobody cares about. <clears throat> Sam Darnold is showing improved arm strength at camp. They're saying that he has a increased velocity from last year. That's awesome for Robbie Anderson. I think it's good for Le'Veon Bell as well. Sam Darnold has talent. I don't think he should be drafted though this year as a number one quarterback. Yeah, only if you have a deeper league or a two like a two quarterback league, super flex, something like that. Sure. Yeah. Jalen Samuels is emerging as a, a Huge weapon for Pittsburgh, not necessarily just right out of the backfield. He's been lining up all over the field, in the slot, out on the outside. Uh, I think that's awesome. I love Jalen Samuels right now in Pittsburgh. You can get him for a steal. I had him stolen from me in a couple of mock drafts that we just did yesterday, Justin, <laughs> by my wife. <laughs> Savage. I know, man. I have to live with her. <clears throat> and then uh, last piece of news is DK Metcalf is dealing with a minor oblique strain. Uh, I imagine that his minor oblique strain would cover both of my obliques put together. That guy's got some huge obliques. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I don't know how. What did he do to strain his oblique? Like he had to lift a boulder or something. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the news I had for today. What are we I, doing today, Justin? What's the awesome. 
What's our, the main course? It's our running back episode. So Ooh, that's right. Yeah, we, we each sent each other uh, three sets of running backs like we did with our wide receivers uh, with similar ADPs. And then we're going to break down which out of the two we like and why we like them. We also have to do our divisions, too. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to do this on the fly because I completely forgot about it. Ooh, that's embarrassing. I know. I got so excited about this running back episode, and uh, uh, someone had asked me a question uh, if we could cover some rookie running backs, so I threw that onto the end, got got too wrapped up in that. You know what? Uh, I didn't uh, prepare for this either, so we're both doing it on the fly. Tell you what, let's save that for the Friday show. We'll do it there so we can actually uh, have a well-thought-out, as well as we do with those. I mean, it's not that serious of a thing. It's pretty serious, so. (laughs) <laughs> only because i'm better at it though yeah way better <laughs> all right <laughs> games so- no one cares about <laughs> okay <laughs> so uh yeah uh i had i'm gonna list off my pairs you list off your pairs perry and then we'll get into break them out so perry gave me carson and montgomery uh from seattle and chicago uh he gave me marlon mack and aaron jones uh, from Indianapolis and Green Bay. And then he gave me Todd Gurley uh, from the Rams and Damian Williams from Kansas City. Yeah, and Justin sent me Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb from the Vikings and the Browns, Leonard Fournette and Carrion Johnson from the Jaguars and the Lions, and Miles Sanders versus Jordan Howard, both on the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. So... I'm going to go ahead and uh, kick it off this time. And yep. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Marlon Mack versus Aaron Jones for the first one, um, since we kind of talked about that that for a second there. Uh, so, like, with Marlon Mack, he had 1,000 yards last year, uh, his first 1,000-yard uh, season. He had 10 touchdowns, and he's got uh, top five upside as as a running back do you think so uh, yeah yeah for sure with those type of numbers he has the upside to be there and and with that high-powered offense i'm not saying i think he's going to finish there i'm just saying that's his ceiling like okay. I, I that's the best he like that that's as high as he's going to go if he uh, everything falls in line for him and he does as good as he can i think he's gonna have to be breaking through some glass ceilings to yeah and i mean that would also include some of those top running backs having things go wrong but like yeah that's just i think that's the best case scenario for him i love marlon mack but that seems really high and so he's had multiple injuries uh throughout the last few years uh he had 12 games last year in 2018 14 games he played in 2017 so he missed a few games each one of those years uh that that's something that you need to you know think about, but it's not huge injuries, so nothing that's too big of a concern. Uh, the Foreman signing, like we we're t- like I was saying there, I, I think that the Foreman signing isn't a huge deal. He's going to take a couple carries. I'm afraid he might vulture some touchdowns, uh, just to change it up when they get inside that red zone. Uh, they still have uh, Hines there, which I love. Hines is more of a PPR type of guy, though. He's there. They have different roles in that offense, so Hines is no concern to Mac. 
Uh, Heinz is definitely a lot better in PPR. Uh, not better than Mac, just better in general. Uh, and then with Aaron Jones, he had 728 uh, yards last season. So he didn't, you know, quite a bit less than that thousand yards uh, that, that uh, Mac had. He had nine touchdowns, so one less touchdowns, but that's not too big of a thing. Touchdowns are so dependent. It's really hard to predict like where those touchdowns, when you're going to get those touchdowns. Uh, but that's a good number to have. Uh, he played 12 games in both years, so he missed a couple more games than Mac did in the last two years. Uh, I also think like he's a guy who, if everything goes right, he potential like top five upside if everything goes right for him too so i see them very similar in that situation with the injuries very similar they both had a couple small injuries where they've missed a few games each year uh he's definitely the best running back on that team so i think that he's got that role locked in and he's 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 good this year like to be the starting running back there uh he's dropped half of his body fat percent this year which i thought was interesting he went down from 11 point something percent to about five percent and i I like to see running backs dropping body fat uh not gaining some running backs try and bulk up and that usually doesn't go well for them so i I prefer to see something like that tells me he's gonna be a little bit faster uh more shifty be able to accelerate a little bit more all great things when you're trying to avoid being tackled uh so they, I think that uh, both both these guys are on great offenses too. That's another good thing that, I, and that's kind of why I think they both have top five ups, upside to them, because uh, they're both going to be on like these really great offenses that are going to score points. When you score points, it helps your running backs. Um, that all being said, after I went back and forth with these for a while, like. Considering everything, I just got to go with Marlon Mack on this, just based off the stats. I know you don't agree with me here, but I don't. I don't agree with you. I got to go with Marlon Mack in this situation. Like uh, he's got the better stats. He he he's proved it at already that he can do this, and I just need him to continue to progress at this point. I I just I prefer Aaron Jones. I just think that. Aaron Rodgers running back is going to be better than Andrew oh. Luck's running back. I don't know. So I, I see, I, I can't agree there. Uh, but look at like I, before I started like looking, digging into these guys, I actually like, before I looked at anything, I was team Aaron Jones here. I was like, Aaron Jones is the one I like. And then as I start, I convinced myself while I was doing this, that, that I that max my choice, like I uh, or, I think it's when you're looking at last year's stats. though, it's important to note that after the bye week, that's when they started giving him the ball really, and he had double digit carries in every game after the bye week except for week 15 where he got injured and then they're out of the playoffs at that point. So uh, his numbers don't exactly reflect what his potential could have been i know but my fear is that when they start giving him those carries is when he got injured so i'm like so can he not carry that load or well i mean he went 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks being the guy. I, I, I mean, Marlon Mack has injury risk too. I think that. Yeah, they both do. It's just that 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 being taken into account, Marlon Mack did have a better performance. I don't know with with Deontay Foreman there. I I, I still like Marlon Mack, but I think I'm going to take the guy that they don't have bringing in. Like they're not bringing in more running backs. Yeah. So uh, which yeah, I did look at, and I think that for with Green Bay, uh, they're just not willing to give up on uh, what's his name Williams there mm-hmm. uh, yet, who they drafted I think as two years ago. Uh, I, I think they're just not willing to. They're like, okay, he's not working out yet, which is why they're not bringing in someone else yet. Hmm. Okay. Well, we're, there's our first one that we disagree on. It's obvious I, that the, the running backs I, are really tight. It's hard oh, to... Oh, yeah. I struggled and, with all three of these. And I... Yeah, just my gut feeling tells me we're probably going to disagree on a few of them. And yeah. that's fine. Okay. So the first matchup that I had was Dalvin Cook versus Nick Chubb. I'll talk about Dalvin Cook first. Uh, Dalvin Cook has never played a full season in the NFL. He was drafted in the second round of 2017. He was taken uh, as the third overall running back after Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey, who went in the first round, uh, who have both been fairly decent. I'll talk about Leonard Fournette later. Christian McCaffrey's been fantastic. I think he's lived up to the hype. Uh, In his first three games, Dalvin Cook looked like he might have been the steal of the 2017 draft. He was insane. He was the number one running back in those first three weeks. Then he uh, tore his ACL in week four, uh, which ended that season, obviously. Uh, Cook is currently being drafted 19th overall, which places him firmly in the second round. Uh, I think that's fair due to his injury risk. He has number one running back upside, uh, but with the injury risk, you, I mean, taking him as your first running back is really scary, is at least how I feel. Uh, in 2018, he played 11 games. He finished with 615 yards and two touchdowns, 305 receiving yards and two touchdowns. This is where I start to really like Dalvin Cook because the receiving numbers are as good as they are, right? So if we inflate that out to 16 games, he, we're looking at closer to 500 yards and maybe another touchdown, which is great for, for a running back who we don't really think of as a receiving running back, right? He's not a theoretic or you know, a Darren Sproles type or anything like that. Uh, in 2019, excuse me, in 2018, he finished with over 100 rushing yards only once in a game and averaged almost four receptions a game. So I'm a little, I'm, I guess I'm having a little bit trouble understanding the hype when it hasn't really been there. Like the numbers haven't been there since those first three games of his career. I think it's it's just kind of weird. I think that I would see. I'd expect to see him just a little bit lower. Uh, Delvin Cook uh, is entering this season a hundred percent healthy, according to him and the team. So that's great news. I think that's a great great thing to start at. But I mean, he's had like six injuries <laughs> in his career. So um, I I think if I got him as my second, or if he even slipped to like the beginning of the third, which isn't crazy. I would be very happy. I think you could win your league with a third pound, third round Dalvin Cook pick. Nick Chubb. Uh, when we talk about Nick Chubb and the Browns, we have to talk about the Browns. Uh, Chubb is entering a sophomore season following a very strong rookie campaign. Going into 2018, 
he was given minimal work until week seven. Uh, in week eight, I think it's important to note that that's where the big coaching change happened in uh, Cleveland. And they started using Nick Chubb a lot. He's getting double-digit carries every week. Um, I, I think that we're going to continue to see that going into this season. But it's important to note that Kareem Hunt is there. I know Kareem Hunt isn't going to play until week nine because the bye week falls in the first eight weeks. But it scares me to think that a talented running back like Kareem Hunt is going to be entering that backfield right around fantasy playoffs. So it's something to worry about. Currently, Chubb is going 21 uh, for ADP. So second round, kind of the end of the second round or beginning of the or start of the third if you're lucky, kind of right around the same place Dalvin Cook is going. Uh, last year, he had 996 yards, eight touchdowns, 20 receptions for 149 yards and two touchdowns. That's an awesome season for a rookie that got almost no work at the start of the season. Uh, it's obvious that, it, uh, like I said, he's going to be getting tons of work at the start of the season here. But the signing of Kareem Hunt, it, Kareem Hunt was very good until the suspension last season. I think if he hadn't gotten in trouble, we'd be looking at him as a top four pick this season. So he didn't get hurt. He got in trouble, which means... He's not coming back from an injury. He's just coming back, and he's talented. He, he's very good. Granted, he was on the Chiefs, which are an extremely strong offense, but the Browns will be a very good offense this year as well. Uh, the team around Chubb is extremely talented with Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., and Jarvis Landry. They're all high-profile talent. They're all going to get their touches. Um so I, I think it's it's kind of a win-lose situation there. Obviously, they're going to take a lot of touches from Chubb, but they're also going to open up running lanes for Nick Chubb. So I, I like Nick Chubb a lot. I do not want him as my number one. I would love him as my number two. I would win my league if I got him as my number three. Bottom line, because you're going to make me pick, uh, they're in the same tier. Perry, I would, Perry. Yes. I'm not going to make you pick. They're going to make you pick. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. I'm going to tell them my choice here. Uh, I think that Dalvin Cook could crack the top five running backs this year. He has the talent for it. He's in the situation for it. But he could also get injured again and it'd be a completely wasted pick. I'm sure that Nick Chubb will finish as a top 12 running back this year. But I fear that his ability to go higher is going to be capped with the other talent on the team and uh, Kareem Hunt coming in. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. I'm going with Nick Chubb over Dalvin Cook. I know, I know. Everybody loves Dalvin Cook. But I listen, he, he cannot play a full season. He, can't, he won't do it. He's had like six injuries in two years. He's going to do it this year. So... You think he's going to be a workhorse running back when he, he literally has never played a full season? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh, but no, I don't, I, I, I'm not saying that he'll be the workhorse running back. Uh, like, he may split carries out there just to, they'll, I think they'll limit his, uh, his runs. I just think with his pass catching ability, that, uh, that that'll be enough added value to him to, 
to make up for those lack of carries. Yeah, maybe. But mm-hmm. it's just a it's just a really high risk. I think like you you're gonna have to take him in the second round. Oh yeah, yeah. And, it's rough, but like you said, with Nick Chubb, I feel like you're gonna get him, and he's gonna be great. And then you're gonna get to the fantasy playoffs, and he's gonna disappear. I don't. Well, I don't think he's gonna disappear. I think that well, that's, not completely, that's hyperbolic, but, but yeah, yeah. But he's not going to be the same player he was for the rest of the season that you that got you into those playoffs. I think though, if that's something that you're really scared about, you can always trade him in like week six, which I understand. But also, everybody else knows that Cream Hunt's coming back too. Like, yeah, but, but everyone else in your league, there's a lot of like. There's a lot of people that believe one way or another. So you find the guy that believes that Nick Chubb is the man, no matter what, and you could get something good. I don't know. I just, uh, for yeah. me, I, I feel like Nick Chubb still is going to be a startable once Kareem Hunt comes back. Dalvin Cook could miss games at any point. It's just what he does in his career, and he scares me. He scares yeah. me. And, but like, I think like if Dal, I, so I like that if Dalvin Cook gets injured. Yeah, I'm getting rid of him off my team because he's gone. Second uh, round. Yeah, which sucks. But if he stays healthy, then he's you know that like he's going to win you your league. Like he's going to help you win that league. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it, I'm just too risk adverse with my first three picks. Yeah, I, and I, I agree. Like it's a high risk uh, pick, but if it pays off, it pays off big. I think Nick Chubb will pay off. Maybe not as big, but he will pay off. I, and I agree. I think so. I think Nick Chubb's uh, ceiling isn't as high as Cook's, but he's a safer pick. Yeah, but he's still a number one running back. Nick Chubb. Yeah. He'll finish in the in the top twelve. One, I guarantee you, he finishes in the top twelve. Uh, I don't think he will. <sighs> okay. You heard it here first. Justin has no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) I think he'll be just under that. (laughs) Okay, we got to move on. Yeah, all right. So I'm going to get into uh, Chris Carson from the Seattle Seahawks and uh, David Montgomery from the Chicago Bears. So Chris Carson uh, is on Seattle Seahawks, which is a team that runs the ball an incredible amount. We've talked about it before on the show. It's over 50%. Only team in the NFL that does that. That's crazy. He had 1,000 rushing yards last year, nine touchdowns, which those are great numbers. Those are like, I talked about that with other running backs. Those are the, you want to see over 1,000 yards and at least, you know, nine touchdowns that to get you into the, that like top running or top 20 running back range that gets you in there. Um, a little bit over that with the thousand yards. Basically but, the nine touchdowns means you're getting at least a touchdown every other game. Yeah. Essentially. Just, right. Yeah. Averaged out. And so, uh, Seattle recently was talking about, uh, using penny more in the passing game, like trying to incorporate him more into the passing game, uh, which I think is great. I don't think anyone, thought that Chris Carson was going to steal passing downs from Penny. It's, you know, the other way around, that's the fear. Uh, so I'm, I was fine with that news. Uh, Chris Carson's been uh, running the ball for 4.7 yards per carry. Uh, that That's a good 
range to be in. Anywhere in the mid fours is great. Uh, from week 12 on last year, uh, he was the number four running back. So I, I was interested to see that because I didn't realize that, that he did that great at the end of the year last year. I uh, traded him away, so I realized it. <laughs> <laughs> I traded him away for Leonard Fournette, everybody. Nice. Uh, also, they they lost uh, Davis there. Who? Uh, so that's just some yeah. carries gone. He took some carries last year every yeah. every uh, game. Uh, I think those carries are going to go more towards uh, Penny. So I'm not that. That's fine. But that, that just makes you not have to fear Penny as much with the two running backs there. They have a good duo uh, in Seattle there. Like you said, it, out of those two, I like whoever falls the furthest. But that's irrelevant to this, so I'll continue moving on. Uh, he also had some work done on his knee, according to Pete Carroll uh, during this offseason. Usually when people say something like that, it's like plastic surgery. Right? He may have, because they didn't specify any further than that. Like he had some ugly knees and he just needed yeah. to get, him, get some work done on those knees. Right? So that may have been the case, because they, they didn't... Seattle's notorious for not letting you know what's going on there. Everyone's, Wait, whoa, whoa. Pete Carroll's notorious for not letting yeah, you know what's going on there. That's true. Yeah, he's yeah. everyone's great. They're fine. They're eight weeks ahead of schedule on their healing. We, yeah, they've, yeah, Russell Wilson's already won nine games this season, guys. You didn't hear <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, so he was averaging 105 yards per game that he played. Uh, those are that's great. You have a running back averaging 100 yards a game. Uh, These are last. This is from week 12 on, or or no, period. This was period for him for the games played because he missed a few games. Okay. Uh, so I mean that's great for the games he played. You know. Yeah. Uh, then, yeah, where'd I go? Okay, so that's that's like what I got for uh, Chris Carson. So getting into Montgomery, the rookies are always a little bit more complicated because you don't have, you know, past stats to go off of in the NFL. Um, so with Montgomery, uh, Howard's gone. He was the run main running back there in Chicago. Uh, new coaching staff came in. He was supposed to be. Uh, and they didn't, the new coaching staff just didn't like him. They gave him the ball, they gave him every opportunity, and they just didn't like where he was turning out. He, he couldn't break away with the ball. He produced last season still. That's yeah. the thing with Jordan Howard is he, he's always produced. It's the inefficiencies that have killed him. Yeah, so that, that was the thing. Like uh, he, would, he put them at 29th in the league for carries over 20 yards. Yeah, but he's like, he was like sixth last season in carries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's the problem. What they didn't like was his lack of explosiveness once he got to the, the secondary. Um, so they got rid of him, shipped him out to uh, Philly. Mm -hmm. uh, you got, um, sorry, Montgomery coming in, who is the best pure runner coming out of that draft. So he's stepping right into that role, which is perfect for him. Did you, I'm sorry to interrupt. Did you see that video today of him at practice? Just yes. mow, mowing yes. people over. Oh yeah. So yeah, I get into that a little bit. Okay. Here. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're good. Yeah. So jump the shark. Yeah. It got me excited there. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so he's gone. Uh, he comes in. He's the best pure runner coming out of this draft. So you got Cohen there also in Chicago. Cohen's great pass catching back, and that's that's a great duo. And the nice thing about Montgomery, too, is he's a better ca- uh, pass catcher than Howard. So, uh, at least from the film. So, that's good for him. That's just more opportunity for him. He should do be- a lot better than what Howard was doing there. Um, then Matt Nagy feeds his running backs. And David Montgomery's hungry. So, he's going to take those carries. Yeah. <laughs> in, in college... He led force missed tackles. And that's exactly what you're talking about, Perry. That oh, video, those are force missed tackles. It's not like he, oh, I juked you and like I'm out of the way now. No, he runs through you and throws you to the ground. Yeah, the one guy that he that he really plowed over. It's it if I could describe it, it's when you know when a running back hits a guy and the guy's arms don't really shift or move. They're just like kind of out there like he was going to give a hug. And then he just hits the ground, and the look on his face is like, I, I, nobody's gonna let me live this down. Yeah, where am I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, where am I? What's my name? And can yeah. I get some ice, please? <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, the last uh, four years, with there's been three rookie running backs that were in the top twenty each one of those years. Uh, they all averaged uh, 17.46 uh, carries in a game. So that that's like a number you want to look for. Uh, Howard had 16.88 last year. And I expect uh, Montgomery to have somewhere around like 17.2 per game. Uh, so just under that mark. And that sh- I-, I strongly believe that will put him in the top 20 contention at running back. And his ceiling is much higher than that. That's just like, you know, where I anticipate him being. E- even if he's only getting 15 carries a game, he's going to get about four catches a game. Yeah. So yeah. Keep that in- I like that. It makes up for those two, mi- two missed carries that he would be getting. I-, I would much rather have the receptions personally. Absolutely. And if you couldn't tell by all of my excitement here, David yeah. Montgomery is my choice here. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. 100%. Finally, we agree. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to start to think we don't like each other. Oh, no. They're <laughs> on to us. Yeah. All right. All right. So my next pair is Leonard Fournette versus Carrion Johnson. This is kind of a spicy, uh, a spicy pairing, I think. Leonard Fournette. Let's cover Leonard Fournette first. Um, his ADP is 25. So, 25th overall player taken. I think it's too high for Leonard Fournette. Uh, I'm surprised by that because I know you love Leonard Fournette too. I so I'm gonna get into it. I'm gonna. I love. Uh, I love something about Leonard Fournette. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. Leonard Fournette is not a good NFL running back. <laughs> okay. Buckle up. He is not a good NFL running back. And I think the Jaguars would be a better overall team if they cut him or traded him. He is one of the most inefficient running backs in the league. He's almost completely incapable of creating yards on his own. What I mean by that is if it's not a wide open hole, he's just going to get tackled for three yards. And the reason I say three yards is because last year he gained three or less yards on 51% of his carries. 
That means over half the time he touches the ball and he's getting you three or less yards. While only gaining 10 or more yards nine times all season. Leonard Fournette gets handed the ball over and over and over and over again. And that's where his points come from is because they'll just grind him all day long because they put so much stock into him when they drafted him where they did. I think at number four uh, in 2017. So in 2018, he played eight games. He had 439 rushing yards, five touchdowns, 22 receptions, which I was a little surprised to see how many times he catches the ball. It's not really what he's known for. 185 yards receiving, one touchdown. That's all great. If you get rid of the receptions, the the rushing isn't very good, considering he played eight games. That means he's averaging around just over 50 yards a game. And he's getting probably 20 carries a game. So... He's incredibly inefficient, but he's going to get handed the ball a lot. And as long as he's on the field, he will score fantasy points. That's why I'm okay with owning Leonard Fournette. That's why if I go receiver, receiver, receiver to start my draft and Leonard Fournette's my first running back, okay, I I won. I'm doing very well. But injuries, suspension, and just attitude problems, literally him having a bad attitude has kept him off the field in his NFL (laughs) career. That being said, it seems the Jaguars just have to play him, and they use him because he's taken early. If he plays all 16 games, he'll probably finish in the top 10 in fantasy points, but he's going to finish in the top three for touches easily. And it's just huge inefficiency. Um... Because of uh, this, he's not undraftable. Just don't reach for Leonard Fournette. I don't think you're getting the... Leonard Fournette kind of is like a brand name right now. And I think what you're kind of getting is not very... It's just... It's not exciting. He could miss to an injury. He could miss to a suspension. He could literally just be a jerk in the locker room and get sat. That's, I, it's crazy to think about, but it's true. Um, moving on to carry on Johnson, whose ADP is number 31, which I think is a steal to be completely honest with you. I love carry on Johnson. He's extremely talented. He's extremely athletic. Uh, like many running backs we're talking about today, carry on has injury risk, which is, uh, the unfortunate truth. We just have to dance around every year is, is injuries will happen. Right. We talked about it literally with every running back so far, except uh, David Montgomery <laughs> hasn't, hasn't played. Yeah, hasn't played yet. Um, that being said, Carryon uh, Johnson has shown nothing but upside in the ten games that he played in his rookie season. Uh, he had some injuries last year, so he only played ten games. It seemed that the coaching staff just didn't want to lean on him as the at all. Right? They they seem still so devoted to Theo Riddick, and for some reason, Legarrette Blunt. who I just talked about inefficiencies. That guy, it might be the most inefficient running back to ever play this game. Leonard Uh, Fournette, probably, uh, I think he came up under him as a Padawan. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So his 2018 stats in 10 games, he had 118 rushes for 641 yards. That's 5.4 yards per carry, which is a really good yards per carry. I know we talk about yards per carry being this kind of like uh, misunderstood stat, but what you have to look at is he had 118 carries 
and still had a 5.4 yards per carry. That's the important thing, right? A guy could bust off an 80-yard run, and it's just going to overinflate his yards per carry. But that's not the case with on Johnson. Not that he can't bust an 80-yard run. I believe he can. Uh, he had three touchdowns rushing. He had 32 receptions on 39 targets, which is an 82% catch rate. So 82% of the time he's throwing the ball, he's catching it. He had 213 yards receiving. Uh, he was placed on IR last season due to a partial tear in his knee. It seems like that was done because they were going to miss the playoffs. I think that's a good sign for Carrion Johnson. It means they, they valued him going into this year. Uh, and then with Theo Riddick being cut and going to Denver, Carrion Johnson is de- the de facto running back there. He's going to get a lot of the third down work. Uh, he's also probably going to get a lot of the early work. I am a little worried about C.J. Anderson vulturing some touchdowns. C.J. Anderson was really good last season when he filled in for Todd Gurley, but I also it was a really good situation for C.J. Anderson to land in. And C.J. Anderson's kind of an older running back, so I'm not too worried, but I do expect C.J. Anderson to take three to five touchdowns this season, which could really cut into Carrion Johnson's uh, overall fantasy score. Uh, I think that Carrion Johnson has a very solid floor as a middle round RB2 uh, or middle of the pack RB2 and he has kind of middle to low RB1 upside. He has stated himself that he's okay sharing the work. He doesn't see himself as a three down back and I kind of agree with him. I don't think he's a pound it between the tackles kind of guy, but he's, he's very, very talented. So I have to pick one. I think it's kind of obvious at this point that I'm taking Carrion Johnson. Now, Leonard Fournette carries the ball a ton. He's going to score the points, right? And ultimately, that's what matters. But basically, I have to find a break point on any of these running backs that I'm drafting. And the break point I'm taking is that Carrion Johnson is more talented. I think he's on a better team. I think that he can score points in more ways than Leonard Fournette. And Leonard Fournette is going to miss games this season. I guarantee you could let he, so I'm taking carry on Johnson uh, uh, and I'm I, happy about it. So I think that the Jags might be uh, sneaky good this year, but more based off their defense. So like the offense isn't going to be like really good putting up points. Who's, who's our quarterback this season, Justin? Uh, well, they upgraded. They, they fired Blake Bortles. So <laughs> exactly. They upgraded. They upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who are you taking there? Oh, no, I completely agree with you. Carry on, Johnson. Uh, yeah, because I, 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 I know in some of our mock drafts, uh, you had taken Leonard Fournette. And I was like, oh, wow. I was kind of surprised because like, I, I do not like Leonard Fournette. And uh, so I was like, man, I wonder what Perry thinks between these two guys because I, I also know you like Carry on Johnson a lot. Yeah, I, I think it's also important. This is a really good example of what, of why we do this, of why we're doing this podcast, because I I was probably leaning a little bit towards Leonard Fournette before I did all this research, so that it's important to match guys near similar ADP because you never know who, they may both fall to me, and then I have to make that decision, and now I'm more well informed, and I think Karrion Johnson's a better pick. And I kind of wish I didn't choose those two for you because we're drafting this weekend. Yeah. We are. Uh, <laughs> So, all right, my my last one is, oh, man. Okay, speaking of injuries, (laughs) I got Todd Gurley and Damian Williams. All right, so 
let me get into this. I'm going to start with Williams, who I currently just, has a pulled hamstring. Before you get started, how badly do you not want this situation to come up in your draft? Oh, my God. I, please, neither one of these guys be on the board when I'm drafting. Or both of them, for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Shots. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, Damon Williams currently has a pulled hamstring. Oh, just right off the bat. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, that Luckily, it's early enough to where if they want, they can give him plenty of time to rest. So he's not trying to come back too early and re-injuring that hamstring because that happens all the time. Uh, so I'm grateful for that. He's on a great offense. He averaged 5.1 yards per carry, which is outrageous. That's a great number. That being said, he had 50 carries. That's not a great number. No, it's not. Cream uh, Hunt, for example, had 181 carries last year in that same offense. So that that's more where you're looking for him this year. Uh, every year previous to this year, Damian Williams has had three point something yards per carry. He just, he re, he's not going to get you anywhere in the four range. He just refuses either five or three. That's it. Uh, that that's just, obviously that's me joking. He will probably be somewhere in the four range this season. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't, I don't want anyone who's just listening in like, oh, my God, he's going to be amazing this year. Five yards a carry on 180 attempts. No, that's that's not happening. Okay, so. What if it yeah. does? <laughs> <laughs> then wh- whoever picked him is winning. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was in 2017. He had 3.9. The year before that, 3.7. Uh, like I said, he's always in that three range until last year. And always around the same amount of carries. Like, he hasn't had this workload. So, this will be his first time having that huge workload. Uh, So, everyone's banking on him to take Hunt's role, basically. So, I looked more into, like, Hunt's stats than Damian Williams from last year. Because that's more the role he's going to be taking on uh, in that offense. uh, Which is the important part, is it's a role in the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Uh, He had... Hunt had a thousand yards rushing and fourteen touchdowns last year. Those are fantastic numbers. Um, their their offense stretches the field with the those fast wide receivers and their schemes. So that gives the running backs all the room in the world to run. So they the, the it's just you don't have to be an amazing running back in order to get yards there. They they just fall into your lap. Mm-hmm. So. That, that's great for him. Uh, again, he has a pulled hamstring, so he's got that injury risk. <laughs> and, yeah, he has never done this before, carried that load. So you, you got that as well as the injury risk for him. Uh, on the other hand, you have Todd Gurley. You should have said on the other knee. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't want to put any more pressure on his knee. <laughs> Even a joke, even a joke might break him, right? <laughs> Todd Gurley has had over a thousand yards every season. He normally gets around. He averages fourteen touchdowns a season. In the last two seasons, he averaged twenty touchdowns. Yeah, that's I, ridiculous. Oh, I know. I had him last season. 
it worked out really well until it came time for the playoffs. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's the problem. In all caps on my notes, I have the word injury for for him. I went through the the like history of like all of the reporting on his injury from there's nothing to worry about here. He'll be back next week to he's fine. CJ Anderson was just schemed into this game to we just didn't have a chance to get him in there to yeah he has to have some work done on his knee to to we lost the Super Bowl and Todd Gurley didn't even play yeah and then they're like okay he may have some arthritis in his or a report came out that he may have arthritis in his knee which they just did not acknowledge that report existed and then about three weeks ago they acknowledged just in casual talking, well, yeah, of course he has arthritis in his knee, as if it's no big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, it happened after he tore his ACL in his knee already. So it's, you know, uh, it's just compounded. Basically, and, basically, if you, if you have knee surgery, you have arthritis in your knee. It's just, yeah, it's that, a miracle if you don't. Yeah, that's why it's, he's has it. Every running back that's had an ACL repaired has arthritis in their knee. And his is obviously worse than most other running backs, though. I agree, yeah. Uh, I mean, you saw how much it caused him. And so now their offense, uh, well, also, first, they, they paid Malcolm Brown to come back. They matched an offer to bring him back. So that tells you, like, they're like, we need someone. And then after that, they drafted Henderson in the third round to come in because they need a running back. Now, they, they're talking about they need depth and stuff like that, which, yeah, sure, you need depth. <laughs> We're high tech here, guys. Yeah, and Ian Rappaport is <laughs> reporting that his days as a bell cow are over. Like, that's what they're talking about in the yeah. offense already. Uh, the Rams... They're, they're not going to tell you what's going on there. They did that at the end of last season. They're not going to be like, oh, yeah, his knee's messed up. He, he's just not going to be the same player he was for the last few years, which, it, I mean, it's sad, but don't draft him based off those glory days. Like, that's, that's not where he's at anymore. And, like, if I have to pick one of these two guys, like, I, I got to go with Williams, just hoping for the future with Williams compared to hoping for the past with Todd Gurley. See... I think I'd go Todd Gurley because the reports out of camp in Kansas City aren't good for Williams. No. They're very good for Carlos Hyde. And no. I think there's a high possibility that Carlos Hyde is a number one guy when we open the season. So being a San Francisco guy, like I I've loved Carlos Hyde and I've suffered from that. Like he <laughs> He's another one of those inefficient backs. Uh, yeah. And so I, I think that he's experienced. You know, he, he's a smart guy. I think he will be praised and stuff. But I, I think they'll, they'll realize that he is a great backup running back eventually. Maybe. I also, I also think that what they're going to do with Todd Gurley will actually be okay for fantasy. Obviously, uh, where I think it depends on where he's being drafted. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, I don't think he should go in the first round, which he's creeping back into the first round right now. 
which it's too high. That's too high. I agree with you. But if I took Todd Gurley at the turn of the second third or got him late second, I think it's okay. I think he's going to get a lot of goal line work, right? I, yeah, but I would again. I would just rather have Damian Williams there and hope, hoping that he's the starter. Again, probably not choosing one of these two guys, but out of those two, if those are my two choices, I'm gonna go with Damian Williams. I, I would rather take a flyer on you know a, a much younger back than either one of those two right now. Okay, fair enough. Uh, moving on to my last matchup, Miles Sanders versus Jordan Howard, teammates, literally going back to back in ADP, number 76 and number 77, uh, Sanders, Howard, respectively. I'm going to talk about uh, both of them kind of together in this one because they are on the same team. And it's just kind of hard to talk about situation separately, right? They're in the same situation almost. So Miles Sanders is a rookie coming out of Penn State in Philadelphia now. Uh, he's a three-down talent on a team that loves to misuse three-down running backs. So Jay Ajayi went there, arguably a three-down talent. Didn't do anything, really. I think we're all pretty disappointed with Jay Ajayi. We were disappointed with, uh, oh, help me out, Dallas. Trade uh, from Dallas. I'm, I'm lost. Uh, doesn't matter. Moving on. Um, so basically, Miles Sanders was a very good Penn State running back. Uh, but I don't really like to look at college numbers when I'm trying to project for NFL. I understand that's all we have, but it's a completely different game. Absolutely. That's why I didn't go into much of that with uh, Montgomery. Yeah, there's just been so many college, really good college players that have busted. Uh, and there's been a lot of college players that weren't very good that have turned out to be very good NFL players. Um, that being said, Sanders does have a three-down skill set that would work in the NFL if it gets used properly. Meanwhile, Jordan Howard is not a three-down running back. I think it was that's been made clear through his whole career. I don't think he sees himself as a three-down running back. I don't think he's trying to be a three-down running back. Jordan Howard is going to pound it in the numbers. He's going to go between the tackles. He's going to grind out yardage, not very efficiently like Justin already talked about today. Uh, but in Chicago, I mean, he had 1,000 yards almost every season uh, on a ton of carries, and he had six to nine touchdowns, which is kind of that sweet spot of what you were talking about, Justin, for yardage and touchdowns. Uh, he finished as the running back 12 and 20th in the past two seasons while finishing fifth and sixth in carries. Again, inefficient. Uh, his lack of inefficiency scares me now that he's on a team that, and he'll be used less frequently than he was in Chicago. What are you writing down there? You taking notes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, good. Just keeping up with you. You're a good student, Justin. Thank you. No, you're not. That nobody's ever said that to you, have they? <laughs> not in my entire life. Uh, so, anyways, now that. Jordan Howard is on a team where he's certainly not going to be used nearly as much as he was in Chicago. His potential is has plummeted, right? He has to get those 17, 18, 19, 20 carries a game in order for him to be fantasy relevant because he'll get five touches in a row and not run more than five yards. But it, all of a sudden, you get him down to the goal line, he's going to score. I, I don't... All right, moving on. The upside for, for Miles Sanders who will be the starter, 
I quote quote me on that. He will be the starter. Uh, is he could finish as a number one running back. He actually could finish as a number one running back. He has seventh round ADP right now, and I think that's totally justified for what you could get for him. Um, and then Jordan Howard needs to score touchdowns to be fantasy relevant. That is the only way he becomes fantasy relevant. Um, but bottom line, I'm going to take Sanders in a redraft and dynasty. I think that's a pretty easy pick. I'd be happy to get him in the seventh round or even later. He is falling later in some drafts. Uh, we will see weeks where Howard drops 100 yards and one to two scores. We'll see maybe one week like that. And we're all going to be kicking ourselves because we don't have him. Uh, but we're going to be really happy when we don't have him for the nine carry 14 yard week that, that we're bound to get out of him as well. So it's our job as fantasy players to pick the, the most likely player to succeed. And I think that's easily Miles Sanders, but I still love you, Jordan Howard. You be you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. So that's good. I think we agreed on like half of them. Yeah. That was, yeah. It was okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so what I was writing down when I was going through or while you were talking was uh, we had talked uh, earlier. Someone had asked us to go over uh, like which they asked which rookie running back do like do you think is going to be the best? Uh, and I feel like this is pretty easy, but I just wanted Can to I, go through wait. a few. I don't know if it is. I think you and I might have a different guy. We might. Okay, you go first. You go first. You go first. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna go through real quick. I've made a so I went wrote down the four uh, most relevant rookie running backs. Uh, so you have Daryl Henderson, who I mentioned uh, behind Todd Gurley. You have Miles Sanders. There Is this with, in order? No, that's reverse order. He's oh, okay. uh, number thirty-eight ADP for uh, okay. running back. Or sorry, third the thirty-eighth running back off the board uh, on average. Okay. Uh, Miles Sanders, 36. Uh, then you have David Montgomery at 24. So this is what I was writing down because Miles Sanders actually went uh, down two picks since I first wrote this. Mm -hmm. And uh, David Montgomery went up one pick. Or vice versa, sorry. they went. Okay. He went up down one pick and up two. Uh, and then Josh Jacobs uh, as the 20th running back off the board. And so I talked about David Montgomery uh, so Miles Sanders and Daryl Henderson, I feel like both of them, you have Henderson's not relevant unless Gurley, uh, is not there. Uh, Miles Sanders, I think he'll be good, especially in future years, but he is going to lose carries to Jordan Howard. Uh, still like Perry said, out of those two, he's the better running back. I agree with him there. I just don't think he's at the same caliber as David Montgomery or Josh Jacobs. Uh, I talked about David Montgomery a lot already. So Josh Jacobs, um, like Josh Jacobs is on Oakland there in Oakland. Uh, Gruden is not a good coach, but he's a old school coach and he loves to ground and pound the ball. And he loves to force the like running backs to carry that ball and just run. Uh, sorry, Sean. Wow, wow. Sean had <laughs> to deal with that F-bomb. Yeah. Yeah, and you're blaming the beer on Fridays. <laughs> Dang, right? Uh, but yeah, he it loves to run the ball and establish a run. He He's great with... Uh, 
with running backs too. He just has a history of being great with running backs, pushing running backs to have thousand yard seasons, even running backs that were not that great before that. A lot of running backs throughout his tenure have their best years under him. Um, and there's little competition there in Oakland. Like, there is nobody else where he's going to be worried about this person stealing carries from him. So, uh, to me, I feel like he's the solid pick as Josh Jacobs. And then Montgomery, I feel like that's perfect right behind him. So, I'm taking Montgomery over Jacobs. Ah, oh, see. I'm, de- yeah. I'm, I'm going to take Montgomery over Jacobs. I think Montgomery's a better player. I think he's in a better situation, too. So, I think uh, Montgomery is a better player. I, I just think Jacobs has no competition. He is their only back. I, I wouldn't call Tariq Cohen competition, though. No, not necessarily competition, but they're, they're going to utilize Tariq Cohen. Yeah. I, I'm still taking Montgomery over, or over Josh Jacobs, and I know I'm, I'm the minority on that one. but Not by much. Like I said, it's yeah. number 20 uh, running back and number 24. So like, I, it's not like I'd be shocked if Montgomery outperforms Jacobs by the end of the season. Uh, just personally, I think that Josh Jacobs is the running back in that situation. So I think the three rookie running backs that are really going to be relevant this year are going to be David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, and Miles Sanders. I think we agree there. They have the most potential to be super relevant. A couple people that you didn't mention were Tony Pollard and Dallas. If Zeke's not there, Tony Pollard's going to be very good and could be the number one rookie running back. Yeah, they they did just bring in uh, Alfred Morris, Morris, which, you know, that doesn't bode well for Pollard, but I I think he'll be uh, more of a running back by committee. Pollard's, uh, with that Paul, situation, Pollard's been getting the all the touches, the first team touches right now. Okay. Oh, I, I, yeah, but they just signed. Uh, yeah, yeah, Alpha uh, Moore, So, um, Quadri Olson out of Atlanta, uh, rookie running back. Obviously, he has no value unless uh, Devontae Freeman, Freeman gets hurt. Uh, at that point, he could be a flex. Edo Smith is still there. And then the last guy, Devin Singletary in Buffalo. I think I Devin Singletary, yeah, sneaky yeah, that, pick. That was the next one on my list that I didn't yeah. include. Sneaky, sneaky pick with Devin Singletary. There are a lot of old running backs up there. And he is a rookie, and he's ready to go, and they need to build for the future. I think like he could be a 1,000-yard rusher. That could happen. I'm He's just talented. trying to imagine like the conversations that happen in their running back room. Like you got four eighty-year-old men, yeah, and, and there's a, like a there's a lot of meta, yeah. There's a lot of metamucil going on up there, <laughs> right? Like, how does he bond with them? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> hey, kid, keep paying your AARP, paying your taxes. I'm gonna need Medicare here pretty soon. Yeah, but no, he. Yeah, there's a good chance he could be their starting running back. Yeah, at, at, during this season, like LeSean early McCoy, on. Lashawn McCoy seems to think he's a starting running back, but I don't know. Devin that, Singletary seems really good. I mean, that could also be Alzheimer's. So, <laughs> I think uh, I think if I was the Bills, I would start Devin Singletary. Yeah, yeah, it's this like you got to build for the future. You got the rookie quarter, or well, he's not rookie no more, but the young quarterback there. Yeah. Like, start building around him. You, yeah. you got to, you know, make bring, some moves. Them bringing Frank Gore in was like the weirdest signing of the offseason, by the way. I know. 
I know. Uh, yeah. Doesn't make sense. Well, guys, uh, running backs. There we go. Just, I mean, running backs. They're the most important position or important position on your team. So, just keep that in mind when you're drafting. Um, I personally, Justin, I don't know what your strategy is, but my strategy is. I'm going to pick one running back with really high upside. I'm going to pick running back one running back with a pretty safe floor, um, just because they're generally the anchor of my team. That's if I go running back, running back. But um, I like to have one really high upside guy, one kind of floor guy. Unless I have one of those top three picks, which I do this year, uh, you're kind of getting floor and upside with those guys. But yeah, I try and go. Uh, I try and get like a running back that is safe with my first pick. Um, and then, yeah, like with the second pick, I, I usually still stay pretty safe and then I'll try and get like a running back who I think has a lot of potential. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Anything else you want to cover? Yeah. Well, I just want to tell everyone on Friday, Perry and I will actually be together for the first time and doing a show together. So that'll be exciting. We have hung out before. This isn't the first time we hung out. Uh, I don't remember that. Uh, when you officiated my wedding? Mm, sounds vaguely familiar. Doesn't sound like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Okay, but yeah, so uh, we'll be doing our Friday show together in Portland, so that'll be fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. We're also doing our draft, Destination Draft Portland. Right? That'll 2019. Be yeah. It's going to cool. be one for one for the ages. All right, so we'll see you guys on Friday. Go over the news, and uh, thanks for joining us. Follow us on Twitter. I think the Bills might sign my brother Andy. He's old enough to be running back out there. Oh, my God. Shots fired. Bye, guys.